With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast, the last Laz and Powers of just an awful, terrible year 2020. Um, and boy, 2021 is not looking a whole lot better for the Blackhawks right now. Some, uh, some kind of scary news this morning about Jonathan Taze. I mean, you already had Kirby Doc and the wrist injury. You had Alex Nylander, and he's out. Now we hear that Jonathan Taves is out for we don't know how long with an illness that we don't know what it is. Um, some pretty alarming stuff in, in, in the release. Taves saying, I've been experiencing symptoms that have left me feeling drained and lethargic. I am working with doctors so I can better understand my condition. That's scary for anyone, let alone a world-class athlete who's only 32 years old. Uh, Scott, what do you make of, uh, of what, what went down this morning? You didn't even introduce our names. Oh, who doesn't know, know who we are by now? <laughs> like the 11 people that listen to this podcast know who we are by now. Come on. It was the, it was the coldest opening we've had. Scott Powers uh, of The Athletic. What do you think? I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a crazy week for the Blackhawks, right? Like they, they probably had an idea all these things were happening. So I think all of us who are getting the news secondary, um, it's a little bit more of an eye-opener. that they, uh, they are, you know, the, the fact that you have, a Nylander surgery on top of a doc surgery. And then now certainly it's Taves news. It's, it's one thing after another. And, um, you know, from, at least from what the release says, I mean, the Taves news is obviously the most alarming, you know, considering it seems like they're searching for answers and trying to figure out what it was and, or what it is and, and how long he's out. And, and there's more of a definitive, uh, you know, timetable and, and, you know, diagnosis with, with Nylander and doc, but you, you couple it all together and it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, for a season that was, was painted pretty pessimistically already, and then you add these things on. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's it, it could be a, a long, short season for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and, and and we should clarify: we don't know exactly what's wrong with Taves. Apparently, Taves doesn't know exactly what's wrong with Taves. So, everyone that's in our Twitter mentions speculating it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. Uh, there's no use to that. There's no point to that. Yeah. It's not helpful. Um, you know, Jonathan Taves has a right to medical privacy as much as anybody else as he figures this out. I'm sure. I hope at some point he gets an answer. We'll have an answer. But for now, you know, everyone asking, what is it? What is it? What is it? That's not a productive area of conversation. All we know is he's dealing with these symptoms. Uh, he's trying to get it addressed. You know, he's going to have the best doctors possible. Uh, you know, Rocky Words has deep pockets. The Blackhawks have great connections in the medical community. They're going to have anyone and everyone looking at this, trying to figure out what it is and trying to help him. But speculating about this kind of thing, this isn't like a is it a is it a broken clavicle or a dislocated shoulder? This isn't like that. There's no yeah. point in you know you throw everyone's throwing around all these different diseases. Everyone's on WebMD right now. Uh, there's no point to that. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Uh, all we need, to, all we know, and all we need to know is that Jonathan Taves is going to miss training camp. He's going to miss the start of the season. And we have no idea when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back beyond that. 
Yeah, and that's all it is. I mean, I think the fact that they said it, you know, it's there's no definitive timetable and he's out for the foreseeable future. I think that it, it says a lot, you know. I mean, uh, uh, for Jonathan Taves' health and, and, you know, for just well-being, you hope it's sooner than later. But obviously the Blackhawks are preparing uh, for being otherwise. And, and um, yeah, it's – it's. I guess there's two elements. Obviously it's Taves' health and, and you want him to be – a uh, to figure out what this is and deal with it. And then there, there's obviously the hockey state aspect of it. So it feels so, uh, like you said, I don't think we're going to dig deep into what it is or, you know, what it, what it is, but it, how it affects the Blackhawks is certainly open, open this debate and, and, and discussion. And, um, and what Taves means to the Blackhawks, you know, like you knew there'd be a day of the Blackhawks were, were without Taves. And, uh, again, we don't know how long it is, but it's, uh, I think anytime the Blackhawks lose a star for any time, uh, you know, time that we, we sort of get this picture of what the Blackhawks look without those players, you know, like it's, it's all of a sudden, even breaking down with uh, the story yesterday with about breaking down face-off numbers and, and how many face-offs Taves takes and his, his percentage in the defensive zone compared to everyone. And, and, and you look at those minutes that he eats up and, um, and Doc was starting to, you know, chew up some of those minutes, especially in five on five. And I, and I think the expectation was to have Doc play with Kane and to give those guys the bulk of the five on five minutes. And, and Taves will still end up around 20 minutes or so, you know, considering, you know, special teams and, and, and play more of a secondary role on five on five. But now it's now it's you, you take away Taves ice time and you take away Doc's and what are you left with? You know, like it's, it's um, Strom still hasn't signed and I imagine that gets done, but uh, to start handing that type of ice time to Strom and Soderbergh, which, which is a nice, you know, nice fine pickup, but he's 35 years old and he played mostly on the wing last year because of, uh, of a wrist injury. And, um, and the Blackhawks had decent depth at center. If Doc and Taves here, number one, you know, number one and two centers. Now it's, it exposes a lot, uh, and and not knowing what Shaw's, Rashaw's at, and yeah, there's there just so many questions, and um, it, it feels like the Blackhawks could have absorbed an injury or two, and and you know, still, I don't, who knows what the season would have been, but these are the type of injuries that it's it's harder to overcome. Yeah, I feel like we've had this discussion like in press boxes and on airplanes and stuff for years now. Who is the indispensable Blackhawk? Is it Duncan Keith? Is it Patrick Kane? Is it Jonathan Taves? Was it Corey Crawford? And I always kind of fell back to Taves because they never had a second center that was any good. That was like yeah. really good. I mean, I mean, they get like a Brad Richards for a year. You had Michael Hansus for a couple of years, but you never had an elite number two center. It looked like they were finally getting there with Kirby Doc, but now you can take out Doc and you take out Taves. And if Dylan Strom's your number one center, who's your number two? Lucas Walmark? I mean, he filled that role for Carolina briefly, kind of saved their season a couple of years ago doing that, but that's not his role. He's not a, yeah. a producer. He's not Patrick Kane's center. So it, it, it's the, the the whole house of cards fall. I mean, you mentioned Soderbergh. Well, he can't take faceoffs anymore, apparently, because of a wrist injury. Can he really play? go back to being a full-time center? You talk about, you know, Yanmark hasn't played center in a long time. Uh, Andrew Shaw hasn't played center in a long time. You're basically Ryan Carpenter, David Kemp. These are your options now for, like, your number two or three center. Uh, the, the the domino effect of losing Taves, just that anchor in that top spot who's been there forever. Uh, you know They have other guys that can score goals besides Patrick Kane. They don't have a lot of guys who can do what Duncan Keith does, but Duncan Keith's not what he once was. Losing Taves, like you said, that's huge minutes on the penalty kill. That's huge minutes on the power play. That's huge minutes down the stretch in close games. That's every important faceoff. How many times have we seen Jonathan Taves go over the boards, take a faceoff, and immediately run to the bench to get uh, a substitution just because they needed to win that faceoff, but it wasn't his shift? 
I mean, the, the, the way the Hawks have leaned on Jonathan Taze over the years, you know, he might not be the player he once was defensively, the force that he was, but he was still irreplaceable with what he did for the Blackhawks. And, you know, there's, you know, we, we talked about and, it this and, then, and then they yeah. had the guy that was going to replace him. Right, he's out for the season like, too. Yeah. Like we, have, we haven't even had a podcast since the Kirby Doc injury, I don't think. Yeah. That happened on Christmas Eve, no. Christ, the day before Christmas Eve. So, I mean, you know, we haven't even had a chance to talk about that. That's, honestly, that might be more significant than, you know, it, it, assuming Taves is okay and that he does come back. Losing a year of Doc's development right now, especially in a year where Taves would have been out and he would have had to have been the number one guy, like that might be more significant in the big picture even from a strictly hockey standpoint, yeah. is the Kirby Doc injury. I mean, it's just one thing after another right now. I, I, you know, I mentioned, you know, we talked about it this morning. We both had the same thought process. Like, it's over. This season is, is, is no longer even pretending that you could possibly contend this year. Yeah. It's all about, it's, it's not a tank when you're not very good. But it's about getting kids in there, being in major roles. I think you were going to say, you know, if, 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 Brandon Hagel is getting less minutes than Carl Soderberg, then what are we even doing here? Uh, we can go to the doc news a little bit <clears throat> since we haven't. I, I sort of forgot that we hadn't had a podcast know, right? even since then. Um, <laughs> it was only five days ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and you wrote a very, I thought, reasoned column. And, and like there was – see, my thing is that I there, there's a risk involved in it, right? Like if there was risk that – In sending him to the World a, Juniors, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sending yeah. him to the World Juniors, like, there's an inherent risk. And there's a reason why certain teams chose not to send him, to send players there. Um, so I, I don't think the Blackhawks should get killed for the decision allowing him to because there's an upside for the player, and it means a lot. And, and Doc was playing with a lot of confidence, and he hasn't really excelled um, at that level. Or he he was pretty good at, you know, in, in junior. and and But he this was a chance for him to really dominate. And, you know, like, this is part of being, you know, being part of folklore with, with Canadian, you know, junior history and all those things, I think are important. But at, at the same time, this was the risk. Like it, it's hockey; it's a physical sport. It's it's out of your control, uh, especially when you give them to another team. So this happened. So I, I think I, I think the Blackhawks, you know, like there's a little criticism. Like this was this was the possibility, and the fact that Doc isn't going to be playing for them. If you had told me any Blackhawk that you could. You know that was important in the Blackhawks this season. I think it was Doc. He was oh, the, he's the whole important. season. Yeah. He and, and so for for that reason, like the fact that the unlikely did happen, and it's completely unlucky, and all those things are true. I still think the Blackhawks took a risk, and and one that maybe probably would have upset Doc for for a minute, and and you know, like it's it was something that he would never been and got a part of. But if 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 you were it, if the priority was his future and his development, then you should have kept him. And, and knowing that he was going to play more of probably closer to number one center role at times this year like that should have been the focus. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I get why the Blackhawks sent him there, but I also think that they definitely deserve some criticism for it too because the unlikely did happen. And now uh, a year of Doc, losing a year of Doc's development is certainly um, – and, and you know, all expectations is he comes back healthy, and there's the long term effect isn't isn't great, but uh, the the short term it, it certainly delays the rebuild and del- delays his development. And um, this was the year to do it because you've already set expectations low, and the you know Blackhawks didn't win this year. Now, if you're pushing back that rebuild even further because of that, I, I think I think those are, and I, I assume that 
you know, the Blackhawks think at that level too. So for them to decide on that, I, I think there, um, there, there maybe is, you know, some des- you know, deserved cr- criticism as well. Well, you're certainly not alone in that based on my Twitter mentions and the comments on my <laughs> column. Um, there are people that are furious about it. They think it was an idiotic move, uh, to do that. I, I, you know, as I wrote, I, it, it was a risk. Of course it's a risk. It's a risk anytime you go on the ice. It's a risk every time you step in your front uh, porch and walk to your car, you can slip and break an ankle. I mean, anything can happen like that. Um, it, it, the, the Hawks weren't playing at the time. If he wasn't going to miss any NHL time. This isn't like when they sent Yoki Haru to the World Juniors for absolutely no reason two years ago. That made no sense. Doc wasn't, this was going to be a head start for him. It was going to help his development this year. It was going to put him in a major role. He was going to play major minutes in all situations. He was going to be captain of Team Canada at an event that means a ton in Canada. And he was going to be playing in Canada, in his hometown. Guys from the Edmonton area. They had every reason to to, to allow him to go. Uh, it sucks what happened. It absolutely sucks. But, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, he didn't do anything that put himself at risk. It was an, it looked like an innocuous hit. His, his wrist just bent the wrong way. It could have happened in a training camp. It could have happened during uh, training. It could have happened during the regular season. It just happened to happen while he's out there. You can't bubble wrap these guys and, and put them out there. He's, guys played hundreds of hockey games in his life, no. and this never happened before. You can't just assume that he's seven games in Edmonton is going to have this happen. It sucks. It's total disaster for the Blackhawks. It's a it's an absolute debacle. But that doesn't mean it was some, you know, horrible miscalculation by the Hawks to send in there. It's just a shitty thing that happened. I guess the fact that it did happen is all that it really, you know, like it, it, it did happen so that it, if it doesn't happen, everything's fine, then it's everything's well, all good. So, but so you send him out for a shift uh, in a 4 nothing uh, blowout loss in the final minute and he breaks his wrist then. Was it a mistake to send him over the boards when you should have been protecting your quarterback, so to speak? You can always, in hindsight, find a way to criticize it. I know, but it's, I, I guess for me, it, it's it's out of like, and, and this is part of the problem with development of hockey for me of drafting guys is that so much of the development is actually done outside of your own purview you know like you 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 actually like everyone every team talks about development but like how much development aspects did they actually have in Alex the Brinkett you know like he played for Erie someone talks to him once a week someone sees him <laughs> at development camp you know like a lot of these guys they're you know like they spend four years in college sometimes, or they, you know, they spend two years at junior, and and they'll have conversations with Mark Eden. And this is no different than the Blackhawks any other organization. But then you hand him over another team, and 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 I and I think there were positives to sending him to Team Canada, and there were development things that were gonna, yeah, that could have worked out well. But there was also this. You knew that he was coming to the Blackhawks. You knew he was going to be your number one center, or you know, number number one, number two center, whatever we want to say. But he was going to play such a large role that yeah, I don't. I, I just I I don't know if like if you weighed everything like even with the slight chance that this happens, like whether you know, like you just don't take that risk. I and and, and it's tough. Like it, it feels unfair at some level because it, it it is you know like it was a fluke and it didn't even happen with like a major hit. It just it feels like if if this was that important to you and this was that big of a key that it probably wasn't worth um even even the minor risk and, I mean, and i know this is all hindsight and again I, some of it doesn't feel fair but i also feel like if this was my my franchise player that i i think i'd want him under my own my own care my own eye that i i'd have a harder time giving him up his development his uh you know any sort of risk that isn't under my own purview so i, I guess that's where i'm coming at is from i feel like the blackhawks 
um, gave them to Canada. And, and, and certainly, and I almost feel like when they had the COVID scare that like at that point, like that point, the season's coming back almost like maybe it's like, well, you, yeah, you know, you built up your confidence. You, you had these really good inter-squad scrimmages. You look like you're amazing. And now you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. And maybe just this isn't worth it. You know, like we're seeing with other COVID cases now. And, and that, you know, I guess that's part of the discussion too, is that whether considering where things are with COVID wise, whether it was, whether it was worth risking him go there and, and it doesn't sound like he had COVID, but it certainly had happened within Team Canada and, and whether that was worth the risk. And then I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. For me, at that point, I felt like maybe you pull him back and say, um, yeah, this sucks. We know that, that you're not going to be happy, but ultimately your future and you being wealthy and all these things and <laughs> your, you know, your our priority is your future. So let's pull you back. So I, I felt like, especially when the COVID outbreak happened within Team Canada, that would have made the most sense to bring him home. Well, it also would have been made the most sense to cancel the World Juniors with all the COVID yeah, outbreaks no, that were sure. happening. Yeah. That's that's a different discussion. But if they were going to have it, you know, and you, you you committed to letting him play, I mean, this is a this is a small thing compared to what we're talking about. But there is something to be said for developing the long term relationship between a team and a future top player. You don't want to you don't want to to build distrust or anger or animosity between the team and the player. And again, that's a small thing compared to what we're talking about here, but that is probably a factor that, you know, once you promise that you can get the kid to go, it's hard to take that back. Um I, I do think that this will set. I don't know if the oh Black nobody's Hawks going ever again. No, that, that's what I was going to say. Like that, that this, I, I don't. I think this is an example for every team to be like. The, oh, the Rangers no. are really patting themselves on the back for not letting Alexi Lafreniere, Lafreniere go. Well, there's no doubt. There's no about. This changes everything. The World Juniors is screwed in terms of having any NHL talent the rest of the way. But and I, I mean, think the, Canada, Canada was going to be fine without Doc either way. Yeah, probably. Uh, Look, the conservative thing to do would have been to keep him home, but they haven't been conservative with Kirby Doc at all. I mean, they they picked him over guys that were supposed to go ahead of him. They weren't conservative there. They uh, they they kept him in the NHL, even though he missed all of training camp with a concussion. Uh, they kept him in the NHL and they kept him in, and they didn't let uh, you know send him back to juniors. They have been aggressive with Kirby Doc from day one. It would have been out of character to suddenly you know you know what we want to treat you with kid gloves and, and make sure you're safe and healthy and we're going to keep you home right now. This is this is the way they've chosen to develop and it's worked so far. This well, sucks, but it's it's the way it is. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I. I I don't think your points are wrong. I don't think that argument's wrong, but I also... Scott, this is radio. You're supposed to pretend otherwise. You're supposed to I know, pretend I'm I mean, an asshole, I, I, and I, I'm I wrong. Get, I, get, I get that argument. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I... <laughs> maybe this is my fault. You're a very I, bad I, Skip Bayless. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm, I'm open to... <laughs> open to the other points. And, I, and I, I think you made a lot of good points, and I thought it was a very... You know, like, I, I thought the column was great, and certainly now I just... From my perspective, I, I think the Blackhawks should have put themselves over doc in this and 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 even this being a fluke and all those things i, I still think the blackhawks do deserve some criticism and, and it because and the fair, unlike yeah. because the unlikely happened that it's it's cost them this massive year of development for him and um and, and it obviously wasn't worth the risk and and it does change the future so um it certainly change the future those those how teams are going to make these those decisions, and maybe sometimes that needs to happen too, where you you do see the what what the possibility is, and then you you kind of base it around that. So. Well, I, I remember when 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 I was in Sochi for the Olympics in 2014, and John Tavares blew out his knee, and everybody said, "Nope, nobody's ever sending a player to the Olympics ever again." They're going to send the players to the Olympics again. I mean, that's yeah. That's, I, 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 like I, the Olympics I know people. Are- I feel like the Olympics are much much more important. In the world. But, like, I, I, I get the World Juniors are important, and and me being. I, I get that I don't see it the same as you know as a Canadian teenager or all those things, and I get that. But it's like 
I think Doc was going to have a chance to represent Team Canada at the Olympics or at the World Cup, whatever NHL decides to do in the future. Um, I, I think those opportunities are going to be there. And I, I, there are plenty of players, great players, who never got to play in the World Juniors, and that's just sometimes the reality. And Doc seemed to deal with that last year when he wasn't. And, and in all likelihood, he wasn't going to play in the World Juniors this year unless the pandemic came. Like, he'd be playing for the Blackhawks right. now, and they wouldn't have, you know, if he's playing – that massive role they're not going to send him the world juniors for three weeks just so that he can get that experience so um i I felt like the season on the horizon it was probably worth pulling back and um yeah again i i don't value the world juniors as much as some people and and i and i get that's not shared especially within players like it's not shared their thoughts on fighting sometimes like that that we share about fighting and i i get that perspective differently and i and i respect that but i i just i don't think the world junior championship was important enough for doc's future and his development the blackhawks to, to, to keep him there so what now so so you lost your top two centers it's an absolute fucking debacle what do you do now if you're the Blackhawks? I mean, I wrote what I feel, which is basically, it's a tank job. And it's not like you're intentionally tanking. Like, you, the season got tanked for you. So it is what it is. You go play all the kids. You know, you, 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 if Lucas Carlson doesn't get more ice time than Brent Seabrook this year, you're doing it wrong. What do you see for 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I and mean, now it's up to Jeremy Carlton, I think, to, like, you need to find the positives that are going to impact the future, you know? Like, you need to, what what, when you look back on the 2021 season, is going to say, like, all these, re- like, we, we struggled, we lost games, and all these things were awful, but what what positives are we going to say, like, well, this kid took a step, or, right. you know, we were able to implement this in the system, or, like, we tried, I think, I think a lot of it's even just risking things, you know, like, it's, it's putting, uh, you know, five forwards out front of a power play, or just, you know, doing different things, and it's, um, you know, trying people in different spots, and Have giving people different giving different people different... I was talking to a scout uh, recently, and he was saying that he felt like players aren't promoted enough to the NHL from the AHL um, because when they get that chance, like they just, their enthusiasm is, it just, it, it jumps, like they're more excited. And if you get even that kid a taste, you know, even kids that probably don't deserve it, like you, you want to give them that taste. And I, and I think you can do that with, you know, probably across the board in the, in Rockford for the most part, where even if you give a kid a young, you know, a game or two, and then you send them back to Rockford. And I, I think it's a carrot. And, um, I think you want to give some guys like, you know, maybe use a bit of the doc model for, for a courage you, you ease them into it and give him more and see if he's up to it and, and maybe he's not but um i think you can afford to to lose some games by by a number of goals and have a losing season as long as you're being like well this you know we gave this guy this amount of ice time a year from now you know he's our he's our third line center or this guy's playing this role or you know we tried this and it didn't work but maybe you know it's adjusting all these different things and um and and certainly that should have been the goal probably with with Nylander and doc but now uh, that those are removed that you need to um, you need to figure out what other young guys you know, what other young kids are you know deserving opportunity and then um living with those lumps i, I like I, I think of the chicago steel system a little bit just because i've been I, I i've been doing a story on one of their prospects and 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 it's how they um how they afford the kids to make mistakes as long as they're doing what they want to do you know like it's it's attempting those things and so i, I think i think allowing some creativity and allowing some um, you know, the kids that go out there and make mistakes and then knowing that it's going to benefit them a year or two from now. I think the, the key is to say that the, this season was awful, but two years from now, the Blackhawks are, are maybe successful because of some of those reasons that 
that he struggled this year. Well, you can look back to the 2007-2008 season, Kane and Tay's rookie years. Dennis Savard just threw him on the top line and said, go nuts, make mistakes, play wild, play offensively, and just see what happens. Learn your creativity, learn what you can do. Now, nobody the Blackhawks have right now is at that level. Nobody. Now that Doc's out. There, you and I have talked a bit this, about this a little bit. Is the prospect pool isn't that it's deep, but it's not deep with high end guys. They've got a whole crap ton of bottom six wingers in the system, basically. You know, pretty good Matthew Highmore types that could that could play in the NHL and make an impact, but they don't have high end production guys. So this is the year to say, "Fuck it, let's find out what we have." You throw everybody out there. You see who is who could be a piece in the future and who's clearly not, and you start, you know. The cutting the wheat from the chaff and, and all that and figuring out who's a part of the future and who's not. You take advantage of the fact that this is a lost season anyway. You're not making any money this season. Nobody's gonna be in the fans at the nobody's gonna be in the stands at the United Center. You're not gonna win any games. You're not gonna, you know, none of this none, none of the results matter. What matters now is the process. And the process has to be weeding out potential NHL players from lifelong AHL guys. And like you said, you have the window now to do that. You can put any player in any situation. Put everyone on Patrick Kane's line for a couple of games. Put everyone at center for a couple of games, even if they've rarely played it. See what you have. Like you said, five forwards on the power play. Put everyone on the power play. Put everyone on the penalty game. Let's see who can kill a penalty. Let's see who can make a, 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 a who can have a presence in front of the net. Don't put Andrew Shaw there. Put some kid there. See what you have there. The whole point of this season now becomes ana- analyzing what you have in the system. You know what Ryan Carpenter is. You know what Andrew Shaw is. Let's find out what Philip Kurashev is. Let's find out what Brandon Hagel is. Let's find out what Reese Johnson is. All these guys. Pia Suter. Put them in major, prominent roles and let them sink or swim. And I, I think Suter's a big one, especially. And then even guys like Evan Baird, who, you know, him going yeah. back to college, uh, I, I think he can be closer than, than a few. It's weird now because when I look at the prospect pool, I actually see the defenseman probably... Um, having more value, and it's it's unfortunate probably for the Blackhawks that they've probably already blocked the path to a lot of these guys. But you know, I look at uh, certainly even now Carlson. I don't know where he fits in, but you have Mitchell and Boquist here. You're, you're going to make priorities, but then you have Carlson and you have uh, Regula, and and you know, getting Kalanick from Wisconsin. These are you know guys that are probably aren't that far from uh, getting an NHL sniff. You know, Kalanick signed with the Blackhawks because I think he thought that he's going to have a an early chance coming off of, you know, a, a pretty long career at Wisconsin and probably being a little bit more NHL ready than, than, than a young prospect. So I, I wonder how many of those guys they can get in, get in there. And, and I think it's important to have some veterans like Duncan Keith's still important and Kane's still important because I think you want to, you want to have an opportunity to play with some high end guys and have a bit of a security net. Um, you don't want them to compl- fail completely. And, and, and I think like even Walmart and Yonmark, those guys can have, a chance to benefit the Blackhawks as long as they're complimenting the young guys. You know, right. if, 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 if Hagel and Kershev are on a line and then Jan Mark's the, the third guy, then yeah, then that makes sense. I just, I, 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 I don't think you want a line of Walmart, Soderberg and, and Jan Mark sort of thing. You know, <laughs> right. like you don't, right. you don't want three veterans. I, I think it defeats the purpose of what the season is going to become. And, um, and then ultimately the Blackhawks will succeed if this season is a failure, if they land a top three pick, you know, like that's, that, that's gotta be the, the, the major silver lining is like the, you want the development of your own guys. But um, I mean, the reason the Blackhawks won three cops is because they were bad enough for long enough where they got Kane and Taves. And if you get doc plus an own power or, you know, um, whoever else is kind of in that conversation, I, I think you're in a much better spot in a few years from now. Um, so it, it's, it's certainly that development, but then, 
um, it's losing enough to be in the lottery, and then obviously the ball's falling falling in your favor. But it, you know, if the Blackhawks can get those two things to happen, I, I think a year from now, two years from now, that they have a lot better chance at you know being successful again. You just wrote a story on Owen Power. You were like I mentioned, he plays for the Chicago Steel. Tell us a little bit about him. Right now, he's the the, the it, this isn't one of those years where there's a Lafreniere or a Connor McDavid, like an obvious number one. But Owen Power, that big you know number one prototype defenseman, seems to be the guy. Tell us about him. Yeah, so he's a, he's a freshman at Michigan. He uh, he played at Steel for the last two years, and uh, you know I've gotten into the Steel staff a little bit. Adam Nicholas, who's uh, one of their development guys, along with Gerald Belfry, um, and then that's how I kind of got my you know knowing Ryan Hardy and some of these guys over there. So I, I went over to see Adam Nicholas when he was training uh, Owen Power a few weeks ago. Power didn't go to the World Juniors because uh, Canada and Michigan couldn't work it out. Where Canada wanted Owen Power to be with Team Canada for like a month, and it was, and Michigan's like, well, that's he's gonna be gone for the whole season. That kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose of being at school. So they couldn't work it out. So during his uh, their college still had a break, and uh, so during his break, he came and played hockey in uh, at, at the Steel instead of going home. Um, and so I went to go watch him, and, I, and I've seen him, you know, I've seen him on, on video and a little bit, but it's just he, he's a big kid, six five. Um, he, he can skate. He thinks the game really, really high level. Um, you know, obviously the steel people think he's going to be great, but even other people I've talked to, I mean, one person called him a potential hall of fame where everything works out. Like they just, they think between his size and the way that he sees and skates at, at that size, that it's just, it's going to be a difference maker. And, um, you know, I, it's after I had seen him in the, the training session, I went home and watched him in, in a game in the first like 10 shifts. You can see where he just, he makes a, a huge difference in, uh, even affecting the game at the college level. So, um, you know, I think it's a guy who, obviously, if you're you're in a top one, two pick, you're going to jump into the NHL. And then that, you know, if you, all of a sudden you have Boquist, Mitchell, and, and, and Owen Power, you've got some really young kids there, and you're probably a little bit concerned about how much youth you're putting there. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, it, it, I it's going to be weird how the Blackhawks, because I, I think they definitely need some forwards now. You know, like you, you see a need for offense, especially not knowing what, Nylander is going to be and and you know you have questions about who to expose in the expansion draft but yeah god could they draft a defenseman in the top five yeah again? like yeah so but could yeah they so, do it? but i i think if he's the number one you know if he's the definitive number one guy and you know he's a guy that it's got in comparisons to victor hedmond and um you know if you can add that type of guy i think that solidifies that and um and yeah Another thing is the Blackhawks need to figure out who their goalie is too, right? Like it's small detail, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it. You know, like it, it's it, all of a sudden that's getting pushed back. I mean, that was the and, massive. And, push. It's gonna it's gonna be tough to judge them this year because they're yeah, gonna be sure. playing behind an awful team. Yep. They're uh, you know this this they're getting they're gonna get no help. I mean, you got some defensive minded forwards, but you got a ton of kids out there. You don't have any kind of Taves like presence up there for the foreseeable future. It's gonna be really these guys are gonna have bad stats, even if they're playing well. They're gonna have bad stats. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to take Jimmy Waite, and and he's got a good goalie mind. Obviously, he's going to have to be able to look past the copious amounts of goals that are probably going to give up and see who's really playing well and who's not. And, and that's the key. I think you give. I, I think you want to give Lincoln and and Delia and Subban all opportunities. Like this yeah. is also an Utilize opportunity. Utilize that to, taxi squad. Rotate them around. Yeah, Use all three. Um, you know, bring over Shulunov. Bring over. Uh, <laughs> bring over Nailamov. You know, like I. At this point, I, I. I. think you can go all out and just to see what she got in this. Max Shulunov, number one center. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um. But. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I think Owen Power is legit. You know. I, you know. I. I it's it's hard because it feels early and I feel like these rankings all of us you know Capo Caco came around uh, 
like all of a sudden he became like the number, you know, he was in discussion late and it, it's still early season. And a lot of, I mean, even some of these development, some of these junior leagues aren't even playing yet. You know, some of these guys are playing in uh, the world junior championship now, but now you still don't have the OHL and those, some of those teams started up. So um, I, I'm curious a lot, you know, it's unfortunate there's a little pandemic because I'd really like to go to Berlin again and maybe go see. Uh, it is unfortunate there's a global pandemic. That's see. a good point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> See, it is very see Lucas Reichel again. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> for my own. That's self, the headline. It's self. unfortunate there's been a global pandemic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, training camp opens like in f- like five days, which yeah, is crazy well, to me. Yeah. I can't it's, imagine anything else happening between now and then, right? <laughs> That's what we said like four days ago, too. Yeah. And, you know, this, the regular season starts in barely two weeks, which is just insanity to me i haven't been in the hockey rink i don't know how long and we're going to be covering regular season games again very tampa's soon. a tough team to start off with this team too yeah I eight mean, times you get tampa eight times yeah good luck with that this is boy talk about getting thrown into the fire these kids we're going to learn a lot about these guys yeah we're going to learn about their mentality we're going to learn you know patrick kane has talked a lot over the last few years about making sure a losing mentality doesn't creep into these young guys you know uh psyches and that's going to be the challenge this year is who's mentally tough enough to suck all year long and know that it's in the service of something good down the road. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a mental challenge and a physical challenge because it's just going to be an exhausting season. So it's it's the Hawks aren't going to be good, but they're going to be interesting. There's a lot we're going to learn from these next four or five months um, that'll have a huge impact down the road. In other words, please keep reading our stuff. <laughs> um. We also have uh, promos still going on where you can buy a year at The Athletic uh, and give a year. And you can get that at, at theathletic.com slash ladsandpowers. Um, also, uh, we have many other podcasts, and I'm sure people are already listening to it. But uh, Mike Russo has Straight from the Source, uh, and he has Kevin Fiala on this week. And uh, Mike Russo has uh, seems to get all the big guests and the big stories. And we're Mike Russo, jealous. an unheralded young reporter who uh, really needs the publicity from Laz and Powers. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, become something. <laughs> so uh, next time we talk, it'll uh, training camp will probably have started, and uh, we'll see how this I'll see you in occurred. person. Well, I know we'll be able to record at the at Fifth Third Arena. They'll probably kick us out. Probably not. Yeah. And you're not coming in my car. I don't trust you. I don't know where you've been. No, I'll just, I'll just be in the other car. We'll just shout across the <laughs> Scream window. across the... <laughs> well, until then, until we figure out how this works next time, uh, I'm Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers. See ya. See ya. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?